Well, good morning, everyone. This is the Wisdom Seekers Sunday School at the Father's Church in Dallas, and I'm Nancy Dushan, and I will be uh, doing the teaching today. And uh, the title of my lesson today is Receive Not the Grace of God in Vain. So uh, several weeks ago, I was reading in the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians, and one verse in particular stood out to me, and um, well, actually, it was a phrase in this verse that the Lord highlighted. So I had been uh, meditating on that, that, just that phrase for a few weeks, and then um, when I began to seek the Lord about what he would have me share uh, that was on his heart this morning, he reminded me, um, I mean, I just couldn't get away from that phrase in that particular uh, verse, um, which is found in the 10th verse of First Corinthians. But um, I want to read um, beginning with verse 1, and we'll go through verse 10. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures and that he was seen of Cephas then of the twelve after that he was seen above five hundred brethren at once of whom the greater part remain unto this present but some are fallen asleep after that he was seen of James then of all the apostles and last of all, he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle. An apostle. <laughs> Let me start that again. I'll start that again. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle. Oh no, I can't go there. Because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So this bolded phrase is what really um, stood out to me when I read it a few weeks ago. Uh, His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. And, um, but before we direct our attention to um, some of the ver- these verses that we just read, I want to first refresh our memories of the pneumatikos grace definition um, taken from line upon line. Grace is a term in the New Testament translated from the Greek word charis, meaning to joyfully participate in an upward climb of promotion, deliverance, or miraculous accomplishment. It is functioning by, through, and with grace. It will lift the the believer from their current place to a higher place in God and continues to advance and promote the believer through every stage of development. Grace enables us to move upward from previous challenges and modes of existence into new places ordained of God. It is what God gives so we can grow forward. <clears throat> enabling <coughs> enabling us to partner in the new thing God wants to do. It is a feminine noun, which means it must be embraced and acted upon. Grace requires our investment as it is a progressive relationship between God and man. <coughs> as we search for God at the throne of grace, we find grace in our time of need. 
Our time of need is when we recognize we are being called to a fresh positioning of sonship and cannot do it on our own. The root of charis is Cairo, which means to rejoice and is formed from the combination of the visitation of grace and perfect timing, or kairos. When the enemy is attacking and opposing our walk of faith, we must rejoice exceedingly. To rejoice is an indication of our grasping the timing of the Lord in conjunction with God's hand upon our life. So that's a long definition, but... um, I want us to notice here in this definition that part of the meaning of grace is what God gives us so that we can grow forward. And I have kind of a, um, a funny example of what grace does not do. And does anybody use ways in, to get around town or wherever? Um, I use it every day when I go to work because, I mean, I know my route, but I use it because... It will give me a heads up if there's an accident or if there's construction and I need to get around, and it will redirect my route. And so one day last week, I got in the car, I set my ways to work, and I know it was set to work because I I read the route, and it was taking me the route that it generally does. So... um, so I get on I-20, and I'm headed west, and it's, I have about 30 miles before I have to exit. So I'm just kind of laid back, kicked back, just driving along. But I happened, about 10 miles in, I happened to look over at my ways, and um, it told me to take a different exit. And I thought, oh, great, there's an accident ahead. I'm going to have to uh, be re- redirected, and who knows where it's going to take me. Um, but I knew it was going to add time to my commute. And uh, so I took the exit, and um, and then it, it immediately told me to make a U-turn, so I did. Well, then it, I thought, well, why am I going back east on I-20? I need to be going west or maybe diverting, you know, southwest or even northwest, but I need to be going west. So it tells me to take the first exit. Well, that first exit is that first exit is the exit to my old house in Forney. And I thought, well, this road will take me to Highway 80 because that was, you know, um, (coughs) an alternative route that I could take. And I thought, well, okay, I'll have to take Highway 80, which I don't like because it's always congested. There's almost always an accident. So I thought, well, Waze, you know, it's never steered me wrong, so I'll follow it. So I, I, I exit, and I'm ready to head towards Highway 80. Well, then it tells me to turn on the road to my old house. (laughs) And I I thought, well, this is not right. I know this is not right. Something's gone wrong here. I realized that Waze had malfunctioned. It had never done this before. And so I reset it. I get back on I-20, and it was smooth sailing all the way. And so I thought, well, Lord, you had a re- you had a purpose for this. I mean, it's it, this just didn't happen, and so I, I was contemplating, and it was like yesterday the Lord reminded me of, of of all this, and he 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 showed me how um, he he showed me how this applied in the in the fact that. This is the opposite of what grace does. This route was taking me back to something old that, um, and most of you here know that I very reluctantly agreed to sell the house. And I still, when I pass it on I-20, I still get sad, you know, about it because that was my house. And now somebody else is living in my house. (laughs) And, um, but the Lord, what he what he let me see from that is that um, on on our journey as saints, God's grace is always moving us forward and never backwards. We never go backwards. We're always going forward. That's, the, that's what grace does. It takes us higher and forward. And um, grace 
never focuses on the past. We continue to look forward. So that's that was what I took away from that strange encounter, strange happening. But um, so now um, we'll take a look at some of the verses that we just read. And um, in verse eight, Paul says that he was one born out of due time, and this denotes prematurely or an untimely birth. Paul thinks of himself as an Israelite whose time to be born had not come nation, uh, nationally, so that his conversion by the, the appearing of the Lord in glory on the road to Damascus um, was an instance before the time of the future national conversion of Israel. And we understand this from Matthew 23, and I've listed that short passage there. Um, after Jesus announces all the woes on the Pharisees, he laments over Jerusalem, and then he says in verse 39, For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And he was speaking of the time when Israel would be saved. And um, so this is what Paul was saying. He was born out of due time. Then in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 15, he calls himself least of the apostles. And he's describing himself as inferior to the rest of the apostles. Um, his given name was Saul, but he was also called Paul, and we all know this, and um, which in Latin means least or little. And in the same verse, he says he was not meet to be called an apostle. A possible, <laughs> an apostle. <laughs> Doing it again. Meet is our Greek word hikanos, meaning competent as if in coming in season, or ample as in amount, or fit as in character, sufficient ability, or able. So it's understandable why Paul would feel unfit to be called an apostle, because before his conversion, he had persecuted the Christians. Although he was not meet to be called an apostle, grace through Christ had given him the meekness, not meekness, but meekness needed for the office. Y'all feel free to jump in. <laughs> I'm going to get a drink of water right quick. Then in verse 10, Paul says, <clears throat> But by the grace of God, I am what I am. God was the cause of his conversion and his subsequent labors. It was because of God's grace that Paul occupied the office of apostle, and it was by God's grace that was with him that he labored. He said, Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Not I, but grace implies that Though Paul's will concurred with God's will um, when brought by his spirit into conformity with God's will, it was grace that prevailed in the work or, or the labor. And then this phrase that was, uh, is my central focus um, This phrase, and grace which was bestowed upon me or shown toward me was not in vain. Uh, vain here is the Greek word kinos, meaning empty or without use. It stresses the absence of quality. And then there's another word in the New Testament, uh, Mateos, I guess is how you say that. And it's used in uh, the book of James, uh, chapter 1, verse 26. And it its meaning is the absence of useful aim or effect, and it means to be void of result, devoid of truth, empty-handed, with, without a gift, and fruitless. Um, and even though this is not our word used in this particular uh, 
passage in 1 Corinthians, I think they kind of go hand in hand um, in their meaning. Um, James one twenty six says, If any man among you seem to be righteous, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. So it's empty, it's fruitless, um, and void of result. So, so even though they're, they're two different uh, Greek words, uh, they have a similar end result. of it as well. I can see why you were really drawn to it. But the thing that I think about the grace of God that was given to him was not in vain. You know, he faced all the things that we faced regarding grace, and that is there's a thousand obstacles to grace every day. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of them are, are centered on our acceptance of the grace. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that most Christians look at it that way, that we are on a continual path to accept the grace. Right. Because with the grace comes the truth. Mm -hmm. And the truth is what offends, you see. So you're always in this constant motion of accepting <coughs> the truth, which is what really gives you the grace. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know which comes first, the chicken or the egg. But I know it's, it is... You know, our willingness to accept what God has put in our pathway, which 25 years ago, we didn't really look at it as, um, we, th we thought all the hard things that happened were the enemy trying to stop us. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying the enemy wasn't there. I certainly think we had a lot of butt kicking to do when we first started out to clean this place up. Mm -hmm. but, but I recognize that all my problems are my own. <laughs> the enemy doesn't <laughs> have to have anything to do with my problems. I cause them all myself. I have to contend with my own my own feelings, my own desires, and all those things oppose really the work of grace, mm -hmm. because they're about me. They're you know my flesh, my carnality. So it's I just think about this. What an amazing thing to be able to say that the grace of God was not bestowed upon me in vain. Mm -hmm. You know I continue to move forward. I continue to submit myself. I continue to you know be humble before God and to accept His plan no matter what. Because his plan never is fun or nice. His plan is exact. It's just. It has. You know. It has. It has his agenda in mind, and not keeping us all, you know, fluffed up and happy in front of the TV and all the little things that we would love. And, and we're all elevated and fabulous and wonderful. And, you know, have healing in our fingers. And you know, it's it's not all that. The pathway mm -hmm. itself is. It's just one of either bitterness or grace yeah and i mean you know that that's the point i wanted to make is that um paul he 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 received this grace um and it wasn't in vain that the, that god had bestowed it on him and um i mean that's the, the lord impacted me that same way and it was like and and when he did you know in the beginning, like you said, when we were battling and warfare, and that was necessary in the beginning. And it took a while, though, when the Lord finally showed us that, hey, I'm trying to work some things out of you. <laughs> and right. And we were battling because there were people who were contending that they were still here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember a conversation you and I had in the very beginning when, you know, one of the factions that had someone who was sick with cancer and the things that they were doing, and you and I had been kind of a part of that group, but we were like, there's, you know, they're, they're not accepting this. They're totally mm -hmm. against us, you know, and how are we going to respond to them because they're reaching out to us. You know, they want us to be on their team and all that. And, mm -hmm. and I remember you and I at my house out in Cedar Hill, and I just remember having that conversation with you was we're like, well, you know, we were so new, we were just babes. We did not know you know, how to behave or how to respond. Right. I mean, we know how to respond. We were not going to go on their team, but we did not know how it was going to play out. You know right. what I mean? We didn't know what mm -hmm. what was going to come of it. We just knew that 
it was real. Yeah. It was what God had was leading us into, and that this was for us, for our congregation. But that was a moment of grace or, or failing in grace right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and like you said, it was, it was hard to know how we were going to uh, respond to those who were trying to draw away. And it was, I mean, we just had to put our foot down and say, no, this is the way we're going, and you can come or, or not. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, we didn't say that yeah, we that way. Yeah, we never a conversation. It but was, we, we went straight to the prayer room. We mm-hmm. were never in the foyer right. so that we could, you know, be one of the, um, what was the? One of the naysayers. Huh? One of the naysayers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the seat of the scorner, that's what I was thinking of. But yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, when I, first read that that phrase I I was really impacted by it and so when I realized the Lord that this was what he was going to have me share today um, I said well Lord how can I convey um, the impact that this had on me so that that I can convey that how can I convey that to the class and Faithful as he is, God gave me a dream. And it was just this past Sunday morning, or Monday morning, that he gave me the dream. And um, in the dream, I, um, I had come to Sunday school. And it, in the dream, it was this day, February 27th, 19, or 2022. And I walked in, and... The podium was in the center of the room, in the center of the class. People were around it. And so I walked up to it, and, and I just looked at everybody, and I said, I said, I don't have a, I'm not prepared. Um, I don't have a lesson prepared. All I have is a phrase, and that was all I had. And, um, I didn't have a handout. <laughs> I was I was a mess, and um, and I, I apologized to everybody because I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared for what the Lord had put on my heart to share. I I I had failed, and I um, when I woke, the last thing I uh, in the dream was my apology to the class. I said I'm sorry. All I have is this phrase, and I just kind of stepped back, and I woke up. And when I woke up, I had this feeling that I had let God down in the dream. And I had uh, come to Sunday school empty. I was unfruitful, and um, the grace that God had given me to to come and to to teach um, at that moment God had give bestowed that on me it was in vain because I was not fulfilling the the responsibility that God had given me at that time or you know for that time and um, I was totally unprepared um, for the opportunity that his grace had afforded me to fulfill I hadn't acted on it, and um, so, uh, like I said, the opportunity that he had given me turned out to be empty and unfulfilled, and um, his grace bestowed upon me for that, um, had it, was in, I, it had been in vain. Um, it was like, God, you should have given that to someone else, because I totally, you know, missed it, and um, needless to say, I didn't like that feeling at all when I woke up. And um, I listed a couple of quotes from Pastor's book, Grace and Supplication, and they're there on your sheet. Um, The first one is, grace is our response to the purpose of God as we accept it and commit everything to its goals. And then the second one I listed, there is a responsibility in applying grace to our existence 
and in learning lessons of victory through our partnership with the Lord. And that was the message that that I wanted to convey um, because I was so impacted by that phrase. I thought, God, don't ever let it be said of me or any one of us that we that your grace was bestowed upon us in vain and um, because we are as we see in the next few verses of um, that I've listed here we are laborers together with God and um, 2 Corinthians 6 1 says we then as workers together with him beseech you all beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain and then mark 16:20 and they went forth and preached everywhere the lord working with them and cur- confirming the word with signs following and then in 1 Corinthians 3:9 we are laborers together with god ye are god's husbandry husbandry ye are god's building Anybody, anybody stop me if you have a comment on any of these verses? Um. No, I think the reason the Lord allowed me to feel that way was, you know, number one, to make sure, you know, I stay on track. Um, But two, I had asked him to show me how to convey the impact that 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 phrase had on me. And so he did. (laughs) And I think it's, you know, especially in the days that we are in right now, God wants to use all of us to get his message across and um, and it's so it's important that we take his grace that he's you know bestowed upon all of us and and all the ones in the internet um, or in the saints network um, he's given us that grace for a reason and I don't want any of us to to fall short and um not that any of us are but i think it's just the lord if we're not careful um we can and 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 like you said mark it's it's um 
in conjunction with what we are to be doing for the Lord. And um, and especially in, in the day in which we live, because we can all see that, you know, time is short and the enemy is active and more so than he's ever been, uh, I think. And um, we have to stand for truth and we have to get the message out there because there are people who are hurting and people who are lost and um, so we we have to do our part to to reach out to those in truth those who are searching for the truth and um, so thank you Mark for your comments I didn't see that, so I'm glad you pointed it out. Um. But I think we need to probably. I think it, the funny thing is, and he, the Lord has been really um, long suffering and gracious with us because He knows how people are. But it's taken us 25 years, really, to get to the place where everyone can accept who they are and not strive with who they're not. Mm-hmm. And that's huge. That's huge for people that have, you know, a demanding calling like Moses who didn't want to do it, you know, because he didn't feel like he was able to, mm-hmm. or someone who, you know, doesn't really have any type of um, outward demands that, you know, get accolades and, and attention and all that, and they don't feel important enough, so they don't feel like whatever they're doing, you know, how much grace do they really need to, to do that calling, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I, I just feel like, you know, to no matter who you are and what you are being asked to do in the kingdom and what your role is, um, the grace itself, I, I mean, I know it's there so that you can do functional things. But I look at the grace as being able to survive to the next day. I, mean, I just take it as it's my own personal ability with God because of my relationship that he helps me to move and to continue to grow and to accept, you know, the next step and mm-hmm. to, you know, get over whatever my wrong perception is or to be healed from some emotional scar or and, and every way that he changes me enables me to minister in a better and more fruitful manner as I go forward to others and in whatever way he's, he's asking me to. I've always felt that every season prepares us only for the next season. That's all that season is for. It's not for 20 years ahead. It's only to get you to the next season, and you're always just being developed. And it's like that diamond that has a thousand facets. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's only shining one little thing, you still have this whole glob of diamond that's just crappy until he's going around to the next facet, and he starts to shine and buff that one. And so the grace to me is, regardless of what your calling is, it's so you don't fail. Mm-hmm. It's so that you keep going forward, you know? Yeah. And I do know that there's grace for teaching. I know that there's grace for all the fun- the functional things that we have to do. Uh, heck, there better be grace for intercession. I would not make it on my own without that grace, you know, without, without him. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, the intercession itself is so related to how we're learning and growing as well. And so it's not all, you know, mountaintop and glory land and all that. So you got to trudge through it all. Right. Um, thank you, Stacy. You know, Nancy, I think um, <coughs> uh, an additional uh, insight here is this, this business of vain, uh, like the two words you cite there on page two, which are then. Um, mentioned a couple times on the last page. Um, the difference between kinos, which Paul uses a lot, yet yeah, does mean empty, but it was it was primarily a term that was used in commerce. And if you had a ship 
or some kind of a, a, a boat that was for the purpose of bringing produce or grain or whatever, if it was empty, this is the term they used. So it was mm -hmm. a ship that didn't have anything in it. Or a derivation would be if, like for instance, if you bought, if you thought you were buying some type of product, and instead of that product, it was a lesser quality thing. So that Kinos had the idea of either not having anything or having something that was there, but it wasn't what you really wanted, which is essentially was empty. Now, Mateos, and as James used it, is kind of like putting lipstick on a pig, you know? <laughs> it's dolling something up, saying it's one thing, but it's not, you know? Put a fresh coat of paint on the house so that people won't see all the, the cracks in the, in the walls or, you know? And, but, but the main thing that links this, this grace, this kinos in vain is that to me, when, you, when you're walking in grace, you not only are you accomplishing something, but you are filling the table. You, you, you are gaining things that you're going to give to others. And so I think that's why there, there's such a continual connection between, you know, that the grace of God not be in vain. The Spirit, through Paul, used that term to say, you know, it's not really failure. It is because I'm moving in grace, I have something to give you. I mean, I, the, the storehouse is full, and it's, it's not a lesser quality than what you have. It's something that you really want. And so vain in that regard um, is, is really, it has, it has a whole lot to do with the fruits of grace that you're actually producing something. You know, you're actually delivering something. You, you don't just have empty words. You're coming and saying, okay, here's what you've been looking for. Here's what's going to fill your table. Here's what's going to provide what you need. And, um, and, and you know, the contrasting Mateos in James, he's talking about the religious people who, um, and in, in other passages, it's used about the Pharisees that come up and they've got long flowing robes and they speak all these words and they look great, but they really have nothing. So it's two types of, two types of vain, but the one that's most regularly attributed to grace is that you're going forward, you are providing. It's like here comes the Wells Fargo wagon. It's coming down the street. It's got what I want. So it, it, it has to do with producing and supplying. And um, did you, you know, I think we've all ordered something off Amazon and you get it. Sometimes it's what you want. Sometimes it's, ah, this thing sucks. You know, like one time I ordered batteries ever-ready alkaline batteries. And I got them, and they had expired already. <laughs> and I thought, well, this isn't what I want. This is in vain. I mean, it's not provided. So the essence of grace with Paul, you think about what, what he says here, um, that the grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. You know, I filled something up. I've got the true, I've got the rich, and because of that, I can give you what it is that, that I've accrued here. So, you know, it, that's just a facet of grace that, that really has typified what we've enjoyed. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, yeah, because we've walked in grace, we've seen the real. We've seen the true. We're not just saying we have something, but when it comes down to it, we don't really know what this means and we don't know what that means. You spent, I spent 30 years in church doing that. 
you know? And I wasn't trying to be hypocritical. It's just what we all said. You know, come to us. We've got all the answers. You know, that's what churches publicize. Mm -hmm. And I'm not faulting them. But you know, you grew up in church. You know what it's like. But, you know, the, the, the issue, though, is for us is that not only when we partner in grace do we find what fulfills the, the true, the real, but we also have a storehouse where you can give the table is is full and and so when when paul's using this term the spirit is inspiring to use this term they know the back issue of it i mean it, it was a commercial term and it was you know what we're saying we're bringing mm -hmm. and if we're telling you it's going to do this it's going to do that and and it's not going to be a lot of show but there's nothing inside you know, mm -hmm. so I, th I think that's interesting. So <clears throat> anyway, I'm just rambling. But you, you asked for us to do that. Yes, I did. And thank you for that. Thank you for that perspective, because I uh, that that gives a different perspective of, of that phrase. And, and thank you for expounding on it so that we could understand that. And. Well, well, you know, the, the Strong's definition here, I think that's what it is, is right. It is empty, and it is absence of quality. But but that can mean anything. Mm -hmm. But if, if you say, you know, I've got this business, and and we'll bring, we'll bring exactly what you need, and it's going to be first rate, it's going to be quality, and it's not going to be half of what you need. It's going to be full, and you're, you're going to, you're going to have so much that you won't need to use it all because it delivers. And that's, in a way, what Paul was saying here, mm -hmm. you know. I don't want to just follow grace. I want to come and bring you the truth. And I want to have, through the power of God's grace, more than enough. But think about this. The opponent to grace is bitterness. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, it's, I'm going to speak on this this morning. So you stole my thunder a while. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not saying anything that I'm going to say in there. But the, the opposition to grace is bitterness. And bitterness always says, well, I don't have enough. You really screwed me over. You said this, but look what you did to me. You know, I've been done wrong. You know, I've been held back. And... Now, I'm looking backwards always, which is, which is what the enemy uses. He, he can't move in grace. He's been barred from grace. So he, he functions in the, the antithesis of grace. He functions, everything's in bitterness. And may I give you a little bit for later. But that's all you've heard these past couple of years. Mm -hmm. In the media, everybody's been done wrong. Everybody's been held back. Let's live 200 years ago. Let's live 60 years ago. You know, let me tell you my woes. Let me tell you my truth. You're holding me back. It's bitterness. And that's the, the, the opposite of grace. Mm -hmm. We should be moving forward. We should be preparing our armies. We should be preparing our supplies. We should be taking advantage of the things that we have in front of us, but instead, no, 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 we've got to scale back because we, we messed you up and we've done this. Let's look back. And the enemy's laughing while he's preparing through bitterness. Mm -hmm. So it's really a battle of the throne of grace and the thrones of bitterness. And the beauty of this grace is that it has the true and it has the real and we've got to just keep focusing on that because if we're not careful from the throne of grace we'll start moving in bitterness against the people who are moving in bitterness it's really a it's a precise battle and when you said that the enemy has been banned from grace it's no wonder he fights us so much in in the grace that God has given us, and um, and we do have that truth. We 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 have what 
you know, even Paul, what he, what he writes here in this 1 Corinthians 15, he's talking about how <clears throat> I'm the least of an apostle because I persecuted the church. Do you imagine how the enemy could have beat him down about mm -hmm. that? Keep looking back, Paul. Keep looking back. Mm -hmm. You screwed up. You messed up. Or even the people that say, we don't want him around here. We know what he did. He, you know, he threw Uncle, Uncle Eli in, in the slammer. Um, you know, it's, it's always about that. And gosh, it's so easy to go down that trail. It feels so good to go down that trail and the emotions. But then you're, you're damning yourself. Thank you, Pastor. Well, it's just like what Stacy was saying is that we might not like what's happening, but we have to keep, and the Lord's been speaking to me this, this week, we have to know that what's happening is for our good. And that it may not look like it, but God has not left us. He's not forgotten us. He may be transitioning us. He may be changing things. He may be taking things out of our lives because he's got this to give us. And we got to let go of this to go in into this. And mm -hmm. we have to realize that we can hang on to something for so long. And God's just saying, let it go because I've got this. You know, and then we have to realize that he is trying to get us to realize that because we can be so stuck. But know that he's got, he's got whatever he's turning and changing and transitioning or whatever is because he's got to make us ready for this over here. Mm -hmm. It's for and our for good, our for his purpose. That's right. And we don't always understand, so we try to hold on. But That's exactly right. And then you get fear, fearful. You know, it's like, oh, what's going to mm -hmm. If I let go of this, what's gonna, what am I going to have, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I think about this. I think about someone who's gone to battle, and they have something to tell the troops. Mm -hmm. If you haven't been to battle, you ain't got nothing to tell. Mm -hmm. That's the full, that's the being empty or not being empty. I mean, by virtue of our experience through grace and our relationship, that keeps us full. We have that. That is what we are providing to others who have yet to accept the walk. And even, you know, as the leader, you know, pastor has um, been able to, as we've walked through, to discuss the things we've just walked through in order to keep us moving forward. Because without that continual truth that, has, that it was being given to us, Again, we had to accept it, and then we had to accept probably some hard realities that, <laughs> oh dear, I'm doing this, so I've got to not do that, or I've got to accept how I need to change, or you know whatever. But it's there is no filling. There is you know we're going to remain empty unless we accept the grace. Mm -hmm. So I really love that. Um, I love that piece, a little nugget that we got in here about the meaning of that word vain so that that's going to really help us going forward mm -hmm. and you know just a few weeks ago I guess it's been since pastor has had that vision or dream about the great favor um, and he told us to declare that over ourselves and you know it's not yes he blesses us um, he favors us and blesses us but in reality we're speaking for him to fill us so that we have that truth to give. And um, so um, all the discussion has just given me more perspective. So mm -hmm. thank you. <laughs> um, but you know the dream you had where, where you came in and the, the, the podium was in the center of the room. To me that says it's, it's focused. Um, we've got we to hit the target and you know even the feeling you had in, in your dream of purpose you know I don't I don't really have anything I just have this one phrase that's what you've just been saying you know we've got to lay everything down from the past and move forward so that we we aren't in vain we've got to we're going to deliver in this new day you know, you were you mentioned 
I don't want to go too far with this, but you mentioned a scenario in this church, and I remember those days when that one attack came, but it was all focused on, you know, you're not taking care of the grievance here. You're not taking care of the hurting, which was a total falsehood because the person they were talking with, we were in perfect relationship with. I mean, I, three times a week, I was there with that person, and we had wonderful fellowship, and that person was really frustrated by what was going on and the people who were supposedly defending the person. But through it, we were able to emerge with that person's brother and his sister-in-law and their children who have been mainstays in this church for years. Um, so it's it, those are difficult times where some were wanting to falsely accuse bitterness or bring, infuse that. But we have to stay focused on what's coming because there's something better that God's wanting to do and something that he's going to add that's better than what we lose. Our ship will be full. I mean, we, we might be tempted. Maybe that's another facet of it. You know, if we go after grace, our ship's going to be empty. You know, we... Or maybe it's the feeling that right now we have delivered what we have. We're being changed from glory to glory. We're moving forward. So we have given what we have, but that's not the ending. We're gonna we're getting more now for the ship for the next port is being filled because we gotta go forward into the next port. We've we've divested our what's in our hold. But now there's more. Mm -hmm. Grace is always moving forward. I don't know. I'm just rambling. No, that's good. That's good. That whole hungry, hungry full principle too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Empty and feel in this case. True. And once we empty out, you know, we don't always see immediately what's ahead. The Lord just shows us what we need to see. For the next step of grace. Yeah, when you think about it, after we leave here today, we're all going to go home and we're going to feast. We're going to gorge ourselves and be full, right? Mm -hmm. Do we stay full? Mm -hmm. no, it's just a process of uh, emptying and go back and you get something more. It's the same thing spiritually. Mm -hmm. The sad truth, though, is for many years, most of us, we didn't go back. It's kind of like, you know, we've said before that, you know, some, you know, they seek this to be filled with the Spirit. They're filled, and they think that's it. They're done. They just sit back and, and wait on the rapture. Um, but that's not... came at this time frame after two years of maybe feeling like you know we're not really moving forward we're not really being fruitful or we're not really doing what we're supposed to be doing or and I think it's a reminder too that you know what I've given you is not in vain and I think that I think that everyone remaining faithful in this time frame has 
has been a, a testament to what has the foundation that he laid within us. You know, we can sustain. We are individually operating before his throne. We don't have to be in a covey of doves running around together and, you know, without each other's, you know, support and, you know, let's all do, you know, do the same thing. We we had to separate. He he has strengthened us and I think this message really means we're about to go forward and that full ship is about to be you know, released upon the days ahead. Mm -hmm. But what we've been given has not been in vain. The right. grace that we've been given is not is not in vain. It's not empty. I believe that. And I, I like what you said about, you know, the Lord is getting ready to release. And um, he, he had us separated for a reason for the past two years, separated physically not for the total two years but you know in the for the few months that we were but the lord was um he was he was drawing us you know one-on-one -on -one with him and uh, because we had to stand we had to make that stand yeah we were connected you know um through technology but um but we had to draw on him and um, and he kept us going. Thank you, Mark. Um, there, were, there are just a few other scriptures. Um, um, and I'll get through those quickly. Matthew ten twenty, for it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. And then Philippians two sixteen, holding forth the word of life that. I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Um, we're working together with God for his purpose, and we partner with him. And when we do that, we allow the spirit of our Father to speak through us. And it says in uh, chapter 16, verse 23, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And then I listed one worldly example. Um, David said in Psalm 2, verse 1, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? And we see this in the world today. There's a raging in the world today, and people's lives are empty, and they're chasing after um, empty and unfulfilled um, existence. And as saints, we need to speak into those and um, release what the Lord, the truth that the Lord has uh, filled us with. And then in conclusion, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, always in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And Pastor eloquently expounded on that. And John 9, 4, I must work for the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. And... Um, 
lastly, say that just let us take advantage of the grace that he has bestowed upon us, each of us, so that we can say um, that we received his grace and um, were fruitful and um, filled and, and, and then poured that out. And that it, um, because we know, um, I have a whole new perspective. We know that from what Pastor expounded on, that uh, the grace that he bestowed upon us is not in vain. We are filled and we are um, positioned to to give out and to pour out of, of that grace. So I want to thank everybody for your uh, participation and I always appreciate it. And is that um, we uh, be like the grace that the Lord has given and we are as diligent as he is or was uh, to, 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 to do the work of the Lord. So with that, you, we are finished. And next week will be Monica McNatt. So everybody come back and support Monica.